Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Downloads. For more sermons, please visit our website. We know you will be blessed as you listen. Take care and God bless. Okay, so this morning what I have uh, is the spirit of sonship. I want to talk about the spirit of sonship and transcending lives, living beyond circumstances and performance. I firmly believe that for us to be able to go where God wants to take us on this season, in this season, in this journey of discipleship where we are at the moment, um, we, we, we need to be aware that we won't allow ourselves to be swayed by any winds of doctrine. We won't allow ourselves to be double-minded or deceived in any way. But rather, we will be diligent, we will be steadfast, we'll be founded on the rock and clear about our identity as sons of the Most High God and also sure of who we are in Christ Jesus. Because only then are we fully enabled to understand and to put into practice all the amazing discipleship stuff that we've been taught recently. Just to mention a few things, stuff like spiritual authority, declaration prayer, authoritative prayer, spiritual warfare, interceding as priests, Standing firm in our faith, living lives that are worthy, preaching the power gospel, etc., etc. These are things that just over the last few months that, that we've been taught from the pulpit on Sunday and Monday evenings as well. And I just really felt clearly that unless we have a clear and firm understanding of our identities as sons and know who we are in Christ, this great stuff that we are being taught will all sound very nice and it will sound wonderful. But unfortunately, we will not have the power, the perseverance or the persistence uh, to apply what we have heard and, uh, in, into our lives. And if we don't put the word that we've heard into practice, we know that it will not manifest in our lives and that we will never be able to make it our own. And... Um, just that scripture, that parable, Jesus and building our houses on the rock and building on the sand. And we know the outcome there, that when the floods and storms come, when you built on the rock, you rock solid and won't get washed away. What has been put in, into us will remain. Um, it, 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 it will be our own. It will be part of us. And we won't lose um, what we've been taught because we thought that hearing only is acceptable and good enough, but it isn't. It's hearing and putting into practice that brings us victory, that transforms our minds, and that gives us, gives us the, the victory in our daily lives. Amen. Amen. So to, let's talk a bit about sonship because... Uh, I want to try and convey today what a son looks like. And please, when I say, talk about a son, we are all sons, okay? Whether we male or female. So it's sons and daughters that uh, I'm talking uh, to this morning. 
So don't ever feel left out, ladies. Um, you are co-equals with us. And um, we, we want to, this morning, we want to leave with a clear understanding and a clear picture of who a son of God is, what he looks like, and how he lives his life. So if I can achieve that, I'll really be happy. And um, I'm going to start with the scripture first. It's from John 8, verse 35. It says, A servant has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. And then it goes on, as, as we heard this morning, to say, He who the son sets free is totally free. Referring to the son of the household setting the slave free. If the son sets you free, then you are permanently free. And our sonship is also permanent. We are sons forever. We are daughters forever. There's never a time that we will not be sons and daughters of the Most High God. And as, as it came this morning, Rich brought that word. We're not orphans either. We're not slaves. We're not servants. <laughs> we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And um, I'm just going to, a bit of a key scripture here that I want to just found this on this morning is from Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. Uh, can we get that up, guys, please? So, yeah, okay. So, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. So, I find that such an amazing scripture because here Jesus is at the Jordan allowing himself to be baptized by John who was like, whoa, and Jesus, no, listen, this needs to happen because without this, I'm not going to get the springboard from, for my ministry. And so we see an amazing event where Jesus humbles himself and he goes down in the water. As he comes up out of the water, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and anoints him for his ministry. And not just that, but fills him, strengthens him, and also the spirit of sonship rests upon him. As Jesus said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Spirit of sonship uh, filling him and just anointing him for his mission and for his ministry. And as far as we know, before that moment, Jesus never performed any miracle. Um, I don't know of any miracle performed by Jesus before he was anointed, before he was baptized. And so that spirit of sonship uh, empowered him. And we know that straight after that, um, the, that same spirit led Jesus, the Holy Spirit, into the desert to test him. And what was being tested? It was his sonship that was being tested. Because sonship is the solid foundation for, for any ministry to know and to be clear and to be founded in sonship. And um, we'll talk a bit more 
about that just now. We, so we are sons of, of light. We are the children of God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Uh, to me, this, this is the time, you know, when Jesus was in the Jordan. This is when Jesus became Jesus Christ. Christ means the Anointed One. And to my mind, Jesus had the Holy Spirit before he was baptized. But actually, at the River Jordan, he became Jesus, the Christ, the Anointed One, anointed for a purpose and for a task. And that's when his ministry then began, as we know. Are you with me? So, sons, let's look at sons. And we don't do what we do in order that we may become. We do what we do because we have a revelation that we already are sons of the Most High God. Sons of God are empowered to live transcending lives and not limited to or governed by performance or circumstances. Whatever we do flows directly out of a revelation of our identity as sons of our Father's household. Adverse circumstances are viewed by sons as an opportunity to affirm their calling. <clears throat> Let's go to Romans 8, uh, verse 14 to 18. Okay, from verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you received was not does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The Spirit, now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So, yeah, that's it. Um, okay, let's read that. I consider that our present <laughs> sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. So that is such an amazing, amazing scripture. Um, and... Part of it is that um, it, it talks about uh, if we share in Jesus' suffering. And a lot of the time, um, the word suffering is not in the Christian vocabulary, you know. Uh, it's not a word that we like to, to hear or pander, or pander about. But we don't look for suffering. But Jesus said, blessed are those who suffer persecution because of my name. Blessed are those who suffer persecution, and we don't look for it. But when it comes, and when we're being persecuted, for His name's sake, it's glorious. And, you know, once again, that is once again affirming our sonship. So there we see the spirit of sonship. Um, we, can, we cannot receive or have sonship revealed to us other than through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And... We thank God that He called us out of the world. He saved us. He separated us out of the world. 
But at what he saved us into is so much greater than what he saved us out of. Our future with him in eternity um, is so awesome. Um, our momentary afflictions and the difficulties that we suffer, uh, are they don't define us. What defines us is his destiny and his purpose that he has spoken over us as his sons. As sons, the only place to be is in the center of God's will, irrespective of whether it's an easy or difficult place to be, because that's where his grace, his strength, power, and provision will be found. Jesus was led into the desert to be tested. And you notice that the devil said to him, the very first thing the devil tested him on, he said, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. So it's the very first thing that he tested was his revelation of sonship. Because his whole ministry was dependent upon that. And my question is, what does the devil know about sonship anyway? But when you're in the desert, he wants to get you into performance mode. He wants to prescribe to you and cause you to doubt your sonship. Just because you're in the desert doesn't mean to say that you aren't a son. It simply means that you have a great opportunity to affirm your sonship. And Jesus overcame every single test by quoting the word of God. With every test, Jesus said, it is written. And as sons and and daughters of God, this is also how we overcome the devil. To every single test, we respond, it is written. We come into agreement with what is written. We stand in agreement that we are who God says we are. We agree and we say we do have what God says that we have. And we agree and we say we can do everything that God says that we can do. Amen. And so when we come into full agreement with the Word and with who God says that we are, then we're going to begin to see amazing victories in every area of our lives. So, and you see in in verse 14 that Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, in the power of sonship. He allowed himself to be tested so that he could affirm his sonship, demonstrating clearly that he was ready to be released into his ministry, and into his calling. Are you guys all right there? Great. The thing that, that I'm fully aware of is this, that Jesus never came to show us what God can do. He came as a man, and he came to show us what a man can do who is anointed and filled with the Holy Spirit, with the Spirit of Sonship. He never came to show us what God can do. He came to show us what we can do when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and have a full revelation as sons and daughters of God. God is calling us to do the same. Our destiny is not to find by our momentary difficulties and circumstances, but rather by loving, all-powerful Father who has spoken His eternal destiny over us. For when we were still enemies of God, dead in our sins, He raised us up with Christ and seated us in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus and adopted us as His sons 
and heirs. That is awesome. He adopted us. I think I remember Donna saying something in one of her teachings that, you know, if you, if you have a child that's born to you, that child is born to you. You didn't have a choice. That, that's what you get, okay? That's your package, okay? But when you adopt somebody, you choose that child. You choose the child that you want, and you adopt that child. So God has chosen us, each one of us, as adopted sons and daughters. I think that's amazing. Ephesians 2, verse 4 to 10. Our circumstances can never hold us down either unless we allow them to. We are irrepressible in God and we will always tend upwards because through the cross, God has already proclaimed victory and spoken a better word over each one of us, saying, You are my beloved Son. You are seated at my right hand with my Son, Jesus, and you already share in an inheritance with Him in all things. And to say this, that I don't know of any place in the Bible where God declared that something was going to be and that it was not so. Wherever God said, let there be, it's always, and it was so. And whatever God has declared, it always ends with, and it was so. God declared that we are his eternal sons. There's no higher calling than to be a son of God, and it's impossible to top it. God has big faith for his sons. He laid his life down for us. God wants us to take risks for his kingdom. He's given us plenty of space to make mistakes because that's how we learn. When we fall, he's never ashamed of us. He's big enough to take our mistakes and our failings and turn every one of them to our advantage. He always receives us, and he never turns us away. God never writes his sons off. We look at the prodigal. And then we also think about ourselves, and we sometimes are all too quick to write one another off. I wonder where we got that from. God didn't show us that. He takes everything. All our supposed mistakes and failings. And through the cross, he takes every one of them and he intertwines them into our lives and he works them to our good. Romans 8 verse 28. And it says, And now we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And that's us. We've never failed until we failed. We see that Judas failed because he did not go back to Jesus. As long as we keep going back to God, we will always be victorious. Amen. As long as we keep going back to God, we will always be victorious. God is, God's heart is to bless his sons, to cause us to always be victorious, to overcome every difficulty and every obstacle that we may encounter. Taking away obstacles is not helpful. What is helpful is loving, guiding hand, training, teaching, and equipping us to overcome every difficulty. Because sons are, are courageous overcomers. And God doesn't keep things from us. He keeps them for us. And then he surprises us by giving them to us at just exactly the right time. Amen.
Now, God desires a real, loving, open relationship with His sons. Jesus modeled this amazing relationship with His Father. and He said, I only do what I see my Father doing. and only say what I hear my Father saying. What dependence. The Son of God. Fully dependent on His Dad. Not independent. Dependent. And we see at the age of 12, Jesus in the temple. His parents looking for him. And they found him in the temple. Um, and like, what are you doing here? And he's like, didn't you know? I'm about my father's business. I'm in my father's house. Jesus' heart is always to do what pleases his heavenly father. That's why he endured the cross. He hasn't changed one bit. And that's what will still be the greatest thing on his heart right now and for the rest of eternity. His every thought, his every action is governed by this earnest desire to please his heavenly loving Father. We love all our children the same. Yet the ones that go out of their way to please us are the ones that give us the greatest pleasure. We love them. All the same. But some of them go out of their way to please us. And that gives us pleasure. So we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How great a love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. 1 John 3 verse 1. We are more than conquerors. We are sons of God and heirs of all things with Christ. God wants his sons to reign and rule with him, with Jesus, from his right hand. We live our lives from the right hand of God, from our position in Christ, exactly where God has placed us. We take authority from that position, whether we are praying, whether we are declaring. We are taking authority from that position. We are not somehow earthbound, trying to break through into the heavenly realms, trying to get God to hear, but actually we are seated in Christ with God and we are taking authority from that position. We are, we are stating and claiming and we are declaring uh, things that are not as if they were. We, we are taking authority over demonic forces of evil from our position in Christ, in the name of Jesus. We take full authority and control, and we manage our own lives and household well, because it's our family and our business. Then we submit everything to our loving Father. Our revelation of sonship and our identity in Christ affects everything that we do. The motivation, the reasons, the outcomes, and the fruits of our behavior, our ministry, freedom, servanthood, submission, leadership, faith, courage, gospel boldness, generosity, self-control, loving people and our enemies, provision, etc., etc. The reason and the motive for everything that we do flows out of our revelation of sonship to the ministry of the spirit of sonship. We don't do what we do out of a sense of duty. We don't do what we do because we are obliged to do it. We do what we do. We don't do what we do due to performance pressure. 
whatever we do in every area of our lives, flows naturally out of our sonship. We love our dad. We are stoked to be sons of his household. Our greatest desire is to please him, and that's why we do what we do. The revelation of sonship is a call to sanctification. You are already a son. You don't have to try to be one. So just receive it and live it out. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. A culture of honor flows naturally through the power of sonship in our lives. We learn to love and honor God and one another by closely observing how the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit relate to one another. We learn from our Father and we appreciate and accept His discipline as sons. Sons serve with their hearts. They have the Father's heart. They give their heart to the Father and then He tunes His heart into our heart into His heart. And um, like tuning and guitar, the more time that we spend in the presence of the Father, the more we become like Him. The more our hearts become tuned into His heart. Sons are accepted unconditionally by their Father because of who they are and not because of what they do or don't do. I love my children for who they are. I love them from the moment I clapped eyes on them, before they could do anything other than poo and scream, and not for what they do or don't do. But I am pleased with how they live their lives. But I love them from the moment I clapped eyes on them, before they did a thing. And that is how God is seeing each one of us right now. He loves us unconditionally, not because of what we do or don't do, although that pleases Him, but because of who we are, because He made us the way we are, and He dreamed about us long before we were born. It's so easy for performance to attach itself onto our identity as sons. It creeps up on us like, like a thief before we even realize it. it. It becomes all about what we do, father, ministry, business, and then we have to endure the painful but necessary process of once again having all the stuff stripped off our identity as sons. It creeps up. And for me personally, the last 10 years, and I feel right now that we're coming out of a difficult season. And if I, never, if I was not sure about being a son, if I, if I, if I never received a, a really great revelation 10 years ago, um, of that, as I was going into a really long, protected, difficult season, I, I, I probably would never have made it. I would have probably fallen off the rails somewhere. But the problem that I encountered was that after I'd received a spirit of sonship, clear about who I am, that I am a son, and I don't have to try and be anything better or higher than that. I just have to be who God made me to be. But then what happens is ministry comes along, business comes along, family come along, and all of a sudden these things attach themselves to your identity. Next thing, 
Because you're successful at business, your identity is, oh, I'm a successful businessman. The next thing is that, oh, um, you know, I'm involved in leadership in the church and I'm doing all sorts of things and uh, I'm on eldership in a team and uh, I, that becomes my identity. Then the next thing is I have beautiful kids and they grow up and um, an amazing wife and I have my family and that becomes my identity. I'm a father. Until they get married and they go off. Until business hits difficult times and has to close down. Until a season of eldering and whatever it might be comes to an end and we have to move on and leave that behind. Then all of a sudden, within no time at all, you're floundering because these things manage to attach themselves to you. And then God has to strip them away from you. It's painful. It's painful. But I thank God that that process is past now. And I pray that I don't allow anything else to attach itself and creep up on my identity as a son. And let me think that my identity is wrapped up in something that I do or something that, uh, some position that I have. The one thing that exerts the greatest power over my life right now and forever is knowing that I am and that I will forever be a son of God's household. That I will always be loved and accepted by Him, irrespective. And that He continuously rejoices and celebrates over me as His Son. Continuously. And this I know... And this is what exerts the greatest power over my life right now. And I pray always. So our whole life is defined by our Father who has spoken His eternal destiny over us as His sons. So sons don't live their lives for themselves. They live their whole life for their Heavenly Father. Sons don't live their lives for the now. They live their lives for eternity and the eternal inheritance in the saints. Through the cross, God has done some amazing things for us as His sons and His children. He has blessed us with the most outrageous and amazing free gifts. Yet as sons, we are much more than what God has done for us or given us. I mean, we are justified. But we are more than justified. We glorified. But we are more than glorified. We've been redeemed. But we are more than the redeemed. We are the righteousness of God. But we are more than the righteousness of God. We are conquerors by the power of Him who loved us. But we are more than conquerors. We are the sons of the Most High God. And we have an eternal inheritance with Christ in all things. God did all these amazing things for us so that we could be fully empowered, completely whole, and totally free 
to live our lives as sons and to reign and rule with him. But you receive the spirit of sonship, the Holy Spirit, bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Jesus asked Peter, who do you say I am? We are not who the world says we are. We are also not who we say we are. We are not even who our parents say we are. We are who God says we are. He is the only one who really knows exactly who we are because he is the one who created every one of us exactly according to the individual blueprint and the dream that he had in his heart for each one of us long before we were ever born. Roger, I felt God saying that you, as you sit there right now, that you are God's dream come true. He dreamed about you long before you were ever created. And you are everything that he ever dreamed of. And right now you his dream, his dream come true. Donna, I felt God saying for you that you are his dream come true. And you need to know that and remember that you were created long before in his heart, before the foundation of the world. He dreamed about you exactly the way you are. Amen. So friends, before, I just want to come to an end now and land, but I want us to, can we stand, do you mind? Um, I feel that we, for ourselves, we need to do this. We need to declare and come into agreement right now with who God says that you are. Can you, can you just repeat after me and just declare the following? I agree that I am a beloved son, daughter of the Most High God. I agree and I accept that I am a co-heir with Christ in all things. I agree and acknowledge that I am a warrior and a king. I agree that I am a royal priest. And that as Jesus is in this world, so am I. I mean, there are many scriptures backing up what we've just declared. And I just feel that that is something that we need to declare. And that now that we've come into agreement concerning our identity, um, I just feel the Holy Spirit just has some work to do. Rob, are you here? And Alan and Nick, can we just... I just love that song, um, just maybe the first verse where you say the atmosphere is changed, the Spirit of the Lord is here. And if we could just maybe just, just, just sing that um, in the background. And I just want to say, as, guys, as you're standing here right now, I had a picture long before this morning of me standing here and looking at you and the Father gazing lovingly at each one of us this morning. And I heard him saying to each one of us this morning, you're my beloved son, 
You are my beloved daughter with whom I am well pleased. And then I saw the dove come down upon each one of us and it rested on us and it remained upon us. It came down, it rested and remained. It's a fresh anointing. The spirit of sonship. Fresh revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. So are you expectant? Are you ready to receive? Because the spirit of the Lord is here. I want to say that the same spirit that anointed Jesus with sonship and anointed him as the Christ is here. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead physically is here. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the depths of hell where all the sin and muck and curses were left behind. Where he grabbed the keys of death and hell on the way out. That same spirit is here right now. And so we thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Thank you, Father God, for the words of eternal life, for your destiny that you have spoken over us. Thank you for your affirmation over our lives. Thank you that we are your beloved sons, that you are well pleased with us. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now. Just Can we just open our hearts and our hands just ready to receive. Let's have a picture of that dove right now, just coming down, alighting on your shoulder and going into your heart and remaining. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're beautiful. You're wonderful. Thank you, Spirit of Sonship. Right now, fresh revelation for all of us Holy Spirit of who we are in Christ of our destiny of our sonship the atmosphere is changed now the spirit of the Lord is here the evidence is all around that the spirit of the Lord is here the Atmosphere is changing now. For the Spirit of the Lord is here. The evidence is all around. That the Spirit of the Lord is here. Flow in this place, fill 
Dance is all around. 